Father, I thank you. I thank you that we have the opportunity to gather around your word this morning. Your word is life. Your word is healing. Your word answers so many of the things that we go through. Your word, oh God, encourages. Your word is a lamp unto our feet, oh God. Your word is so much more than what yet we're still discovering. And Father, I pray that today your word will come alive. Your word will stir faith. Your word will go on in the hearts of people that today they'll no be, not only be listeners of the word, but doers of the word. Anoint as, as I speak right now, the words that I speak in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, today I want to speak from a psalm, and it's Psalm 65, and I've t- entitled my sermon, A Pattern of Life, and I really believe that God's given me out of this psalm points, four points of how we can live our life and set a pattern for our life for 2022 and beyond. You know, there was a Christian lady who was uh, at Life Group and uh, they were all sharing. And that's what you do in Life Group, you get to share. And uh, she wanted to share her favourite phrase of a verse in the group. And she said, you know, my favourite verse is, and it came to pass. And another lady, another lady and another man said, well, what, what, that's your favourite verse? You know, for surely it would be for, you know, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but love, power, or, you know, for I know the plans that I have. No, for it has come to pass. And she said, you know, it's why this is my favourite verse, is because I know whatever happens or how bad it gets, it has not come to stay. It has come to pass. What a great verse. And in life group, that's what will happen. You'll get inspired like that and encouraged. You know, in this day and age, I, I have seen fear on the increase. And right now, I'm just going to pause and I'm going to I'm going to bind the strong man right now. It, it, it is rife, not only amongst Christians, which I'm horrified and understand that can happen, as well as those without Christ. Fear is crippling the lives of believers and it's got to stop. And I want us to pray right now for a moment. Father, right now, I take hold of that stronghold in the name of Jesus, stronghold of fear that has come to bind. Father, people not seeing it as it's come to pass, but they're letting it stay. And Father, I pray right now that the revelation, even online, even as people hear this message in days, in years to come, oh God, I pray that that it'll be loosed from the spirit of fear and freedom and liberty will come into their lives right now. Now, Father, I pray even people in this room right now who are struggling with fear of God, fear of the present, fear of the future, Lord, I pray revelation will come how you, Lord Jesus, have come and died on the cross and died to loose people from fear and bondage in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's it's a pan. They say the next pandemic is not a new variant. It's a pandemic of mental health. According to the World Health Report, over 60% of people worldwide have reported from mental health issues. 
cause of pandemic, it's got to stop. And us Christians, we've got to wage war and begin to bind the strong man in the name of Jesus. So many are fearful of the future, but Psalm 65 gives us some great verses to ponder and to apply in our lives, such great hope. And Psalm 65 is written by David. Not all the Psalms are written by David, but this particular one is. And I want to focus, I want to refer back to this Wayne Scripture. And if you can get it in your, whatever version you like to ring, this is a New King James Version. But if you can stick it on your walls, if you can stick it in your visor, if you can stick it in your toilet, behind the toilet door, wherever you're going. And this is a key Scripture that I want to refer back to. Psalm 65, 11 says, You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. You crown, read it with me. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. What a great scripture. You know, the setting of Psalm 65 was David wrote this psalm because it was the tabernacle, the Feast of the Tabernacle celebrations. And so he wrote this psalm. They say some of it is like a song, but the Feast of the Tabernacles is a reminder. It's like Thanksgiving Day on the next level, on steroids. And this is where they come and they bring their offerings and they bring their sacrifices and they bring uh, a thanksgiving to the Lord and reminding them the Feast of Tabernacles is a reminder how God brought the children of Israel out of the 40 days, uh, for, sorry, 40 years of slavery, out of Egypt, out of slavery, and then out of the wilderness of 40 years. And they celebrate, to this day, they commemorate, they celebrate their thanksgiving of what God did for the people of the Israelites. And today we're gonna read this whole Psalm together. And uh, won't you follow with me on the board? Psalm 65. Praise is awaiting you, O God in Zion. And to you the vow shall be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. Iniquities prevail against me. And as for our transgressions, you will provide atonement for them. Blessed is a man you choose and cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, O of your holy temple. By awesome deeds in righteousness you will answer us. O God of our salvation, you who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of the far off seas. Who established the mountains by his strength, being clothed with power. You who still the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult, which is the confusion of the peoples. They also will dwell in the father's past and are afraid of your signs. You make the outgoings of the morning and evening rejoice. You visit the earth and water it. You gently enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water the, its ridges abundantly. You set, oh, settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness. 
and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered with grain. They shout for joy. They also sing. What a great psalm. What a great psalm. Four points that I want to bring out this. Now, most of David Solomon, David's psalms, I should say, uh, start with a moaning, groaning, complaining. Most of his psalms. This is one of the very few psalms that don't complain, that don't start with complaining. So my first point is, face the year with the absence of complaining. Yeah. Now remember, when a preacher preaches, they've got to live it. And I've had to live this constantly, right? And, and I'm, I'm a working progress. I have a great Holy Spirit. He tells me when I'm complaining. And I have a wonderful husband, there for my good, who reminds me. And, uh, you know, you go, oh, this is some things I want to say about complaining. It is hard, isn't it? You need to complain to someone. But some advice is choose who you complain to. And if that person is a gossiper, choose not to complain to them. All right? And if they're a whinger as well or a complainer, choose not to go to them. Choose to go to someone who will listen and then go, well, we know God's bigger than that. And we know that can come through. And we know that's how it's not ending. You know, choose to complain to someone who will, you won't like complaining to them because generally we like to complain to people who will go, yeah, I know, and I thought that too about them. And it goes on and on and on. And then they go and tell the other person about the other person about what they said. And so remember when you say something, you're not saying it to one person, you're saying it to 20 people. So be careful. Let's be a church, a people who who don't complain, who don't whinge, right? And if we have to, because it's part of human nature, Choose who you do it with and to, okay? Um, we, we know the uh, outcome of complainers in the Bible. Stuck 40 years in a desert, right? Uh, you don't want to be stuck. And that's what it does. Complaining halts you into a place where you don't move forward because what happens when you complain, you think about that thing like a broken record over and over again. We see that the, the, the Psalms, uh, three sections of these of Psalms in the whole book of Psalms. We see that there are Psalms that, which are personal laments. Woe is me. Look at the situation. Some of the Psalms are, are corporate or public laments like, woe is this nation. It's so bad. It's, you know, woe to us. Who's going to save us? And then there's some of the Psalms that are imprecatory and they are calling God's judgment but not on this psalm. This is a different psalm. Instead of the whinging and the murmuring and the complaining, there's an absence of that in this psalm. It's a good way to face our life, our years to come, with the absence of complaining and moaning and groaning, but rather face it with this. Verse 11, you crown the year with your goodness. It wasn't, you know, David wasn't blind to the surroundings of what was going on. He knew that there was sin. He knew 
that there was chaos around him. He knew the iniquities of people. He knew what was going on. And yet he chose the same psalm to, to speak of the goodness of God. In verse 7, he speaks of the international conflict. So he addresses that. He knows that it's there. And he chooses to enter this psalm, write this psalm without complaining. We see the world is getting worse. Disappointment, things going on everywhere. It's, not, it's hard not to complain about it, right? But let's make a decision that when we go to, we hold back. No, not going to complain about this, right? And if you really, 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 really need to, just choose the right person to do it with. Complaining is insulting to God because basically complaining says that, um, you know, God doesn't know what's going on and he's not in charge. Another psalm that we know very well, Psalm 23, says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want or be in need. God knows what's going on. He knows what you need. He knows what you want. And he is in charge. It's a statement of faith. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not fear. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not worry. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I should not stress. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I am not going to go crazy. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I'm going to be financially blessed. Because the Lord is my shepherd, He will provide me a job that I don't have. Because the Lord is my shepherd, He will provide me my life partner. Because the Lord is my shepherd, He will be with me in these times. You know, it was breakfast time and this father gathered his daughter around the table and, and wife and began to, to read a, a scripture because that was the custom. He would read a, a verse out of the Bible and then he would eloquently pray grace. He says, oh dear God, bless this food that you have wonderfully provided. Amen. And then he complained about the food. He complained about how the wife cooked the food. And the little daughter, curious, goes, very insightful little girl, goes very innocently, Dad, did God hear your prayer? Oh, yes, dear, he hears all our prayers. Dad, did God hear you get mad at mum and complain about the food she made for you? Very nervously, as of course, says, oh, oh, oh yes. So, Dad, which prayer did God hear? The first one or the second one? The complaining one or the praying for the food one? Kids are so honest, aren't they? They catch us out all the time. If you're given to complaining, just tone it down, try and eradicate it out of your life. It's, you'll, be, you'll feel so much better for it. Number two. Face a year with the presence of praising. The opening line of this psalm says in verse one, praise is awaiting you, O God, in Zion. That's the opening line of the psalm. The rest of the psalm is divided into two parts. The first part is praising God for spiritual blessings. And then the second part is praising God for the natural blessings. 
The spiritual blessings include this. Verse two, answered prayer. Verse three, atonement, which is the sacrifice, the sacrifice of what Jesus was gonna do, the providing, the atonement that was provided, the sacrifice that was provided. Verse four, the approachability of God in the temple. Verse five, and God's involvement in human affairs. Who's in charge? Not me. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Amen. The second part is praising God for natural blessings. Verse six, the mountains that are around to protect people. Verse seven, the waves of the ocean. Verse eight, universal consistency of sunrise and sunset. Verse nine and 10 is appraising God for the hydrological cycle of rain, the snow and the melting of snow that goes into the rivers that water the fields. And then the last part of the Psalms is verse 11 to 13, and it's the summary. It says, and we praise you for the abundant provision. Let this year be a year of praising. Let this year be a year of thanksgiving. Let this year be a year where the presence of God is with you wherever you go. Praising and complaining do not mix. Get that? James 3, 10, 11 says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be. The two cannot be. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? James is saying, speaking of a spring, in a place in Mexico, there is springs, two springs that are alongside each other. One is a hot spring, boiling hot water, and the other spring is cool water. And this man was on a tour with a tour guide going through Mexico, and they came across these two springs, one of hot and one of cold. And he saw the locals washing their clothes, putting them in the hot boiling water washing, and then, then transferring them and rinsing them in the cold water. And so he turns to the tour guide, he goes, these people must be so happy that God has provided with, with hot water and cold water for free. And he goes, oh, Senor, no, no, no. They complain that God not give them soap. <laughs> you see, let's be thankful for the little things and the big things. Let's give praise to God for the Bad things that happen because God's in charge and let's give thanks for the God for all things that happen. Let's not be like these grumbling Mexicans in this town, right? Not all across in this town. Let's be people who praise God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus for you. Repeat. First Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Oh, you're good today. You are on fire today. I love it. Mark, you'll be happy. Charles Spurgeon, a great preacher and writer wrote, I'll rather be blind and deaf and dumb, lose my taste and my smell, than not to love Christ. To not be able to appreciate Christ in the worst quality. He said it proves 
the state of the soul. Wow. To not appreciate Christ is the worst quality and it proves the state of the soul. Number three, face the year with confidence abounding. You notice something about this psalm. It's in the first person. Maria, are you able to bring the scripture back up, at least to verse five, please? And we're going to read to verse five. It's the first person. David to God, it's written. You is used frequently through, these, through this psalm. It says, praise is awaiting you, O God in Zion, and to you the vow shall be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, you will provide atonement for them. Blessed is a man you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house and of your holy temple. By awesome deeds in the righteousness, you will answer us. O God of our salvation, you who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth. This is a God-centred psalm, not a David-centred psalm, a God-centred psalm. His revelation of who God is in the midst of his situation. His relationship is God first. There is a confidence that comes through the whole psalm we see. You know, verse five, you who are the confidence. You know, the Hebrew word here is There you go. A bit of spitting there. Bull, sorry. Security, firmness of foundation. That's the Hebrew word for confidence. Mitach. Security, firmness of of foundation. What is it saying? It's saying there's security in God. There's a confidence that comes in us when we look to God. God brings a confidence, a security, a firmness of foundation. David is confident that God will answer prayer, verse two and five. He's confident that God will call every man to deny to the final account. He is confident in that verse two. He is confident that God will provide an atonement for the sins of his people, verse three. He is confident that the people will be cared for in verse four. And he is confident that God will sustain them throughout the entire year. What a confidence. Did God know, sorry, did David know his future? No. Did David know his God who knew his future? Yes. Do you know your God who knows your future? Yes, thanks, Jason. Do you know your God who is in charge? Do you know your God who knows your future? So when, when tragedies come, when un unexpected things happen, when bumps in the road not come, 
Rest in that. Don't be fearful. Know that you can trust that God knows the outcome and He will not leave you and He will not abandon you, but He will be with you to the very end. If death it is, it's not the end because we go and be with Christ Jesus for eternity. No pain, no sickness, no disease, no fear, but peace. Now for us left behind, death is horrible. But when it is, He has provided the Holy Spirit as our comforter to be with us, to comfort us, to walk us through. Approach 2022 with confidence. You know, see a pattern here emerging? It's like a weave that is happening. A jumper is being knitted right now. When you know your God, you start trusting Him. You know, if you had a miracle happen in your life, there comes this level of faith. God, you're so good. There comes this trusting to ask again and believe again. We see when your confidence is in God, it leads to praising Him, thanking Him. And then it's the praise of God that expels the complaining. Because remember we read, the two can't coexist together. You can't have complaining and praising. It just, it doesn't, do. you try and do it. You feel uncomfortable. It just can't coexist. And then that leads to the key, that starting point that David brings out. If it wasn't for himself, it's God. God is always our starting point. God is our security. God is our confidence. God is everything. Back to the key verse. You crown. You crown the year with your goodness. You know, upon your heads, whether you've been a believer for three seconds or 35 years or 60 years, He's crowned you. He has crowned you. He has crowned the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. You have a crown. Crown of God's goodness. It's crowning your life. He's crowning your year with his goodness and abundance, your paths drip. If you were a queen or a king, there are things that are exempt to you because of your position of status. You get first in the line, get privileges. You know, as children of God, it's the same for us. We have a God who is with us, who's promised to crown a year with goodness and our paths drip with abundance. Straighten your crown if, if it's not straight and wear it, wear it. Be a figurative, spe- a figurative picture in your life. This morning I put on the crown. Lord, you said that you crown my year with goodness and your, my paths drip with abundance. And wear it. That's the kind of confidence that we need to live in and with. 
Times of disappointments will come. We're not exempt of that. But when we know whose we are, whose we belong to, we can get through those times. You know, you can rest. Rest in the Lord. Make this pattern. Make this year, this new pattern of not complaining, but praising, confidence in God, focus. Don't focus on the bumps, but focus on what God has done. You know, when I was growing up, we used to have an old exercise school book of mine. And I remember it was blue plastic cover. You know, we didn't have the nice covers that you do school books with pictures, things like that. It was the old plastic, like from, you know, the plastics that hold food. Cut that up and bind it, reuse it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's still plastic covers a book. And we used to have this book and every day it was there on our, on our mantelpiece. And if you, if you received a blessing or there was a miracle, you were to write the date and what it was, what happened. And I remember at the end of the week, my dad or my mum would come and would read out the blessings and would read out the miracles. Do you know it was such an edifying thing that we did that caused confidence and faith in God that, to see. You know, sometimes when miracles happen, we tend to go, thank you, Lord, that was good. And then we move on and we forget. But to have a book and to look back the whole year of God's blessings, His provisions, His miracles was so incredible. Encouraging, and we would read it at times over and over again when we were needing, when we were looking for God, we were looking to God to be a provider in a situation. And we'd say, God, this is what you did. We thank you. We begin to praise Him for the goodness and the things that He did and draw encouragement from that. Lastly, musicians can come. Number four, enter the year with excellence directing you. Enter the year with excellence directing you. Verse one says, and to you, this vow shall be performed. A vow is a promise. It's we will conform and we will obey. The whole Psalm is basically saying, all the nature is responding to God. All nature, the seas, the, the snow, the rains, all respond to God. David is saying this, as for me, as a human, I am submitted to you, O God, and I will honour you and glorify and be confident to perform your will, whatever it is. New patterns, new patterns, church. You may not need to turn over a new leaf and maybe to pull out an old root system. Pull it out. New patterns. Start thinking differently. Start acting differently. Speak differently. If God is good all the time, God is good. God is good all the time. Amen. I'm placing you, God, as number one. I'm going to rely on your strength. I'm going to rely on you in all things. I am going to live an excellent life unto you, O oh God. You deserve the best. Not my leftovers, not second, but you, O oh God, deserve the best. Excellent in my worship. Excellent, the best worker, the best student, the best child, the best parent the best husband, the best wife, the best boyfriend, the best girlfriend, the best fiancé, fiancé, whatever. Best in my family. 
Dr. Howard Kelly, world-renowned surgeon. He was the one who started radium treatments in surgical procedures. A young Christian man wrote in his journal the night before he was graduating from medical school, said, I dedicate myself, my skills, my capabilities, my ambitions and everything to You, God. Bless me, Lord, and sanctify me to Thy uses. Give me no worldly success which will not lead me nearer to You, my Saviour. What a great declaration, what a great prayer that I dedicate everything to You, O God. You are my success. Everything is to You. What a great commitment to God, to His God. What a great commitment. God has crowned you. He has crowned you with goodness. Your paths will drip with abundance. Remember that. It's not you alone. It's God and you together. Give Him your best this year. Don't complain or dial it down. Eradicate it from your life. Okay. Make yourself accountable. I, I actually said to Mark, because sometimes I'm a bit of a whinger, a bit sometimes complain, trying to get better. I say, Mark, every time I complain, can you just like tell me off nicely? Just say, no, Nina, come on. You're better than that. No, he's kept his word, hasn't he? <laughs> I said, just, just this one, just this one. <laughs> All right, quick. All right, got it out? Yep, move on. <laughs> And really trying to eradicate complaining. It is hard. It's discipline of trying. Right? Start with praising. Have confidence in God and who He is. Right? And do your best in everything. Have excellence in God. Stradivarius was, a fa- was famous for the quality of his violins that he made. Antonio Stradivarius said, there will be no instrument sold from my shop that does not leave until it is as near perfect as human possible. This was his attitude. He he said this, God needs violins to send His music into the world. That's what he said. God needs violins to send His music into the world. And if any violins are defected, God's music will be spoiled. Oh, hear that, musicians? Pretty good. Tune them up, tune them up. Exercise. Other men will make violins, but no man shall make a better violin. That was his motto. Excellence. I'm a child of God. I'm on show and I'm going to live, bring excellence unto God because He is worthy of everything. So this year, if you need to pull out the root system, pull it out. Okay, plant a new tree. Absence of complaining. The presence of praise and worship and thanksgiving. And with confidence in God, abounds, abounding. You are my security, Lord. Confidence in who God is and with excellence of attitude directing you, giving Him your best in everything that you do.
Thomas Edison was 67 years old when his laboratory in New Jersey was burnt down with all his experiments. And if you read about Thomas Edison, there was not one experiment. There were thousands of experiments, years of documentation that would have been so devastating for him. But no, he said, he replied, there is great value in disaster. All of your mistakes have burned up and it's time for a new start. And it's actually soon after this that the light bulb was invented. Electricity was invented. Look at it that way. If you're failing in some things, not getting right, don't, don't just be hard on yourself. God is doing up, perfecting His work in me. God is in charge. And I am going to serve Him with excellence. And let's see what, what, just see what God does. You, when you stop complaining, you'll feel better, which will result into thanksgiving and praise, which brings a confidence that God is good and God is good all the time. And then it brings an excellence out of you.